another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Luck. I'm a writer for The Athletic, and each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Up next is Ben Rhodes from the Craftsman Truck Series, drives for Thor Sport Racing, and of course won the championship a couple years ago. But, you know, I know Ben Rhodes is not as big of a name as some of the other ones out there, some of those Cup Series superstars. But yet I appreciate you giving this a chance because I feel like uh, it's it's encouraging when we can show some of the personalities in the garage uh, who don't get talked to as much. You know, I, I get there's a balance. People want to hear from the big names as well. But I think it's fun to uh, talk to somebody like a Ben Rhodes who is, let's face it, a fantastic interview. Really fun to talk to. So I hope you'll enjoy our interview. This is actually, there's a lot more in this interview, the audio version here than even made it into the written version because uh, it was long. I mean, it was one of the longer 12 questions really ever, <laughs> I think. So hope you can settle in and uh, enjoy what Ben Rhodes has to say. All right, everybody, I'm here for another 12 questions with Ben Rhodes. We just had a spirited Coco Melon conversation, and <laughs> now we'll get into the real stuff. Life has changed for you since we last talked, so. Yes, yeah, I've got a six-month-old at home now, so a lot less sleep, a lot more Coco Melon, and not that I was listening to Coco Melon before, <laughs> Uh, but a lot of Coco Melon, a lot of uh, Hey Bear YouTube videos, and um, a lot of mess, you know, yeah, trying to I feed kids. Wow. He's, like, right at the age now where we're introducing all these, like, solids and purees and stuff, and we're trying to, like, you know, do a little bit of, like, baby-led feeding where he learns to feed himself. Wow. Yeah. What a disaster every night. <laughs> the messes, the, I mean, you can put on bibs and smocks <laughs> or whatever. Yeah mats on the floor doesn't matter doesn't, doesn't do help. anything doesn't no. protect the walls from being splattered and, you and know. what i don't get is when they make baby stuff they make it like it's supposed to be as most comfortable for the baby ever when they're going to spend a max of like 10 minutes in it right <laughs> make it easy to clean up yeah. like all of the high chairs they all want to have like cloth you know removable cloth things you just have to do laundry now like what the heck <laughs> yeah. give me something that is easy to just wipe off Make it easier for us, not them. They don't I, care. Yeah, they don't know a difference. I mean, they're <laughs> right. in a sleeper or something anyways. Like, come on now. Right, right. Totally agree. Well, this might lead into the first question because the first question is you have to pick one chore or obligation to do every day for a year. But if you make it doing make it doing this for the entire year, you never have to do it again for the rest of your <laughs> life. So what would you like to pick? <laughs> well, that's uh, that, that I was going to say, so my wife and I, will trade off who makes dinner at night versus who gives baby the bath at the time. So I would say give him baby bath, but I don't want to not ever have to do it again. Like I enjoy spending that time with my son. So, um, and he loves bath time. So it's like, it's like going to an amusement park for him. He's got all these water toys. And <laughs> so, yeah, I guess giving baby the bath each knife is, is fun. He enjoys that. Makes me happy too. Bath time is actually a really great way to kill just like an hour or 30 minutes or however long they'll tolerate it. Right. You don't have to, you're just like sitting there like, okay, they're happy. Like, oh, this is nice. hundred percent. I wish I knew that too, because we weren't like big on baths initially, just, you know, nervous with first child and getting around water and the nerves of trying to put them into the seat that they're in. And I don't know, I'm just nervous about it. But then once I saw how much he enjoyed it, oh, it's so, it's relaxing for me because I don't have to do anything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's huge. Uh, can you describe how you are as a passenger in a streetcar? Oh, terrible. Mm. terrible i'm really bad backseat driver um that's if i don't vegetate and check out on my phone if i can check out on my phone excellent you'll never hear from me <laughs> but typically man i'm pushing my feet through the floorboard trying mm -hmm. to hit the gas or the brake and 
you know, that's pretty bad. If I could Flintstone it from the passenger seat, <laughs> I totally would. Do the peep, does the driver know that you're uh, getting anxious about their driving or do you keep it to yourself? I try to keep it to myself, but sometimes it comes out in other ways, you know, okay. usually, usually verbal. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, what is an app on your phone that you love using and think other people should know about? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I use Spotify like a lot mm-hmm. and I think that's fairly common though. A lot of people know that, right? Uh, but I listen to a ton of podcasts, so I drive a lot living in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to drive motorhome to most of the races this year. I drive up to Sandusky every other week, typically, and that's five to six hours, depending mm-hmm. on traffic. Go to Charlotte a lot. So podcasts and Spotify, man, I burn it up. Okay, interesting. You know, there's like a big uh, like Apple Music versus Spotify debate but you're you're on the spotify side of it well I, it's just kind of what i knew apple music didn't come out until later right i don't know because like i'm I, I've, i'm on apple music and everybody else is on spotify and i always feel like the weird one how but long is how, when know. did you get into apple music though that's a good question i don't know i just like i don't know because i feel like there. i got spotify like the end of 2014 or 15 oh like I, real like, old school. yeah okay yeah wow. i've had it for like a long time so i didn't even know apple music or anything like that existed like yeah i was I found, uh, I think it was SoundCloud back then, right. like in 2014. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, and then I found Spotify and there was so much more content. It was better. You didn't have all these, you could pay. I just felt like it was easier. So I was Spotify, man. I've been on that for a long time. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Um, what do you do to make yourself feel better when you're having a crappy day? <laughs> this is really funny because i'm like the biggest negative self-talker so oh, okay. if it's a crappy day i just make it worse <laughs> so, so it just spirals down for it you. spirals out of control really quickly okay uh yeah my wife is like the one who pulls me out of the the slump uh typically so I will spiral. If it gets bad, I will spiral the day even worse. Okay. And then she's the one who just says, like, here, I'm going to pick you up off the floor, dust you off, and send me back on my way again. So she's very necessary. <laughs> yeah, that's that's clutch right there. I mean, yeah. that's a good wife, a good, wife, good marriage. Um, okay, so these next three, you know, like, usually, like, when I do 12 questions with you, I especially like to go early in the year because you're so great at these. But by the end of the year, you know, they can get a little stale. So instead of just, like, one sort of mixing it up this this year i'm doing like three where i'm changing it for each person so the next three are all have a category but they're different for each person every week okay so the first one is i'm asking people an advice column question that this was submitted by readers and uh, i'm just i've just gone through and randomly sort of picked out uh, question. some of them are sort of funny advice some of them are real advice this one had a kentucky tie-in so I thought I would ask you, it's not, doesn't, it's not funny. It's, this person has, it seems to have a real problem. So here it is. Okay. My mother-in-law passed away in November and we inherited her house in Kentucky. My wife wants to keep it, but I want to sell it because of problems with a natural spring on the property. What should I do? This person's in quite a pickle. That's, that's, I don't know if we have enough facts or information here to really make an informed decision. Uh, well, first off, I think the important part is if, if it's your mother-in-law, that's your wife's mother, right? And I'm sure there's a lot of sentimental value there. Maybe if your wife grew up in that house, then there could be a lot of value in that. Great point. Um, so you got to do what makes her happy. 
Uh, but at the same time, if it's going to cause problems for you going forward, I think you just have to weigh those two, which it sounds like they are. But without more information, that's hard to speak to. What yeah. do you think, Jeff? Well, I mean, I think your point about it's the wife's mother, there could be some family history there. You can't, and yeah, it might have a problem, but you can't just be like, and plus they didn't pay if they inherited mm-hmm. it. So, I mean, it's not like they bought right. it. Right. My, my, okay, here's some real, real facts here. There could be some tax advantages on the fact that if you live in, I think if you live in a house for over two years out of five years, two years out of the five years, you can claim this deduction on uh, taxes Oh, uh, for the sale, for the sale price of the home, if I'm understanding this correctly. So I don't know. There's something to be said about that. If you wanted to maximize your gains, maybe live in the house for a couple of years Okay, <laughs> if okay. you wanted to fix it up. Uh, but the way I live my life is I try to declutter as much as possible. Mm. I go about um, looking at where my time has to be spent. I value my time most with my family, with my wife and my kid, considering I'm gone so much. So uh, the more time I have to mow grass, the more time I have to do work for other things, um, I, I try to limit that so that I can spend more time with them with how much I'm gone. But, you know, that doesn't work for everybody. Maybe you enjoy mowing grass. I don't know. Just it, there's yeah. a lot to be said here with not much info. I You're would right. say. You're right. But I like the tax advice, too. I mean, come for the 12 questions, stay for the tax advice. Yeah. It's good. Well, it's good. hey, it's not, you know, I would I would consult with the CPA before <laughs> you consult with Ben Rhodes here. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, you might be onto something. Side business, another side business. There you. we go. <laughs> um, so the next one is a pop culture or societal debate type question that I'm, I'm mixing up for each person as well. So let's say you're at a stoplight. You're behind one car. Stoplight turns green. Person does not go. How long do you wait before you honk? What's the, what are you supposed to do? You honk right away? Do you like not honk at all? Do you wait, you give them time? What, what's, what's the right play there? I feel like this is very dynamic. You know, I remember growing up when we would sit at lights and you'd sit behind somebody for like quite a few seconds before anybody would honk. Now it's like instantaneous and it doesn't matter where you're at. Mm. It used to be a thing, right? Like in America, they would, you, you look at a movie or you go travel to another country like we were in the Dominican over the winter here and everybody honks all the time. And in America, it would be like considered rude to honk your horn, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like over time, we've slowly progressed to people just honking without cutting anyone slack. So I don't have a good word for that. I mean, I'm also guilty of it. I don't probably give as much time as I should <laughs> before beeping the horn. But, you know, like I don't, I, I look at it this way. If somebody honks their horn at me and they caught me slacking, like I'm on my, like I'm sitting there trying to work the GPS or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're at a light. We've all done it. You're trying to, you've never been to where you're at before and you're trying to work the GPS. I'll have somebody honk at me and it's like, oh, okay. I don't, I don't mind. Like, you're obviously right. Like, I should be going. I should put this down. Right. I, if I'm looking if I'm looking for directions, I need to pull over and try to work the GPS. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I like, the, I like the self-awareness on your part rather than the defensiveness. Because a lot of people would be like, even if they were in the wrong, be immediately be like, hey, right? But you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. I should go. I so should go. here's a yeah. funny story. I'm at the South Point last night. <laughs> Never pulled in their parking garage before. I always park out front. Truck drivers in the passenger seat. Hey, man, here's the trick. Park in the parking garage. You're right by the elevators. Short walk to your room. Okay, let's try it. I'm waiting to turn left. 
car in front of me. I didn't realize that there was a stop sign there. So I went ahead and followed him through the intersection. Another car, instead of like, instead of just waiting, he sees that what I'm doing. So what he does is he lays on the horn and gasses up and drives straight at me. Whoa. And if I didn't gas up faster, he would have just ran right into our doors. Like T-boned oh. us. Like clearly saw I made a mistake. Like I wasn't like obviously observant enough. I'd never done it before. I'd, um, yeah, he just gassed it up. Uh, but to me, I was I was laughing. I shouldn't have, but I was like, man, that guy's crazy. <laughs> wow. I wonder if I knew him. It makes me think it was another race team or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe sometime this weekend somebody will come up to you and be like, hey, that was me. Yeah, I, I hope it was but, and yeah. not some unhinged person that <laughs> wanted Someone to get into a Someone was in a, a real hurry to get to losing money in the casino. Oh, it was bad. Wow. Interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so this next one is sort of the more traditional wild card question, I guess. And, uh of course, I, I always like to talk about parenting because, um, you know, it's it's a big part of my life, and now it's a big part of your life. Yes. So, you know, did the baby come in August? Is that August, right? August, yeah. August yeah. last year. So, um, you know, how what's it been like compared to what you thought it was going to be like for you? Well, it's funny you, you preface it by saying you like to talk about parenting because it's it's important to your life. Well, it's crazy to me because it literally takes the center of your life. Like, whatever's in the center kind of boots that to an outer uh valence what's it called in uh atoms what is it, it you, you go to one valence to the next is that right you know i learned this in chemistry class uh, you you've, Did I yeah, lose you've you? already surpassed my knowledge okay Sorry. well i'm trying to remember here so i sound educated <laughs> on your podcast uh well anyways i i feel like whatever's in the center of your life it kind of boots it to the outer peripherals a little bit and the kid takes front and center your family takes front and center and I don't know. It's just been total life changing experience for me. Makes me appreciate uh, my wife way more. Makes me appreciate, you know, my kid. It makes me appreciate what my f my own parents did for me. You know, you look at the sacrifice it takes to be a parent and to do it right and to really put everything you have into this child, and then you think about what that means for you. Like I'm obviously in where I'm at because somebody did that for me as well, right? Like it makes me appreciate that and the the toll it takes on your mother's body like it's just it's just crazy right so whole new perspective whole new reality shift for me really and all in the best way all very positive value it value it all a lot more now and um yeah i've put a bigger premium on my time at home even if it's doing nothing but just being present with with my kid yeah well that's i mean last year uh i think we had you you were the first ever baby announcement on the 12 questions <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you said that you were having the kid, um, on this podcast. So, I mean, if you, if you have a future one, just let's rebook and, um, we'll just announce it again all over again. Well, come at me in another year or so. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I'll she, get, I'll she wants more time for the siblings. Yeah. I say he needs a sibling right now. <laughs> <laughs> let it, let it, let it breathe a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. In your career, what's the deal that came closest to happening that ended up not working out? Oh boy closest to happening but not working out oh boy there's a lot of things <laughs> i thought of uh something really silly like i almost got an ice cream last night but i didn't <laughs> but 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 i don't know um you know i've been now with thor sport for what six no seven eight years since 2016 i guess i signed with them in december of 2015 so my my reality has been Thor Sport, and I have not turned my eyes, you know, outwards from within the company. So I'm trying to like think of an example, but that's been 
a long time ago. Yeah. A long time ago. I went from K&N Series to, to working with Junior Motorsports. Um, if I remember correctly, the original discussions were possibly running uh, full-time with them and, and what would have been 2016 obviously didn't work out, and that's where I went full-time with Thor Sport in 2016. And, you know, I wouldn't say that's, like, the biggest thing that didn't work out because I'm at Thor Sport now, and I love it, and it's been a huge part of my life ever since. It's been my racing career, right? So... I can't say like there was something big that didn't work out because like where I'm at right now, I'm very, very happy with. And yeah. Can't say that there was something that, oh, darn, I wish this panned out for me. Poor Ben. Yeah. But very happy with where I'm at. And Duke and Rhonda have become like a family for me. So I love it here. Well, and, and you might not even have been here a few years ago. I mean, you got your HVAC yeah, certification true. and stuff. That's and, very true. You know. And, you know, that all goes back to that whole opportunity from Thor Sport. Like, I very seriously doubt if I was racing somewhere else that the team would have put in the effort that Duke and Rhonda did to keep me in, in a race car um, or a race truck in this case. So I probably would be doing HVAC right now. Hmm. No, no joke. So yeah, yeah, I believe it. I mean, not that I don't trust your talent, but you had that, you had that ready to go if you needed it. So right, right. Yeah. Uh, who is a person that you would be starstruck by when meeting them? Oh boy. Um, see, this is a tricky question for me because I like to think of myself as just totally calm, cool, collected guy that just isn't intimidated by anybody. But I know that's false because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember the first time I met Jeff Gordon, who was my favorite dri- driver growing up. I couldn't speak. <laughs> Could not speak. So I don't know. Um, you name somebody, and it'd probably be like that for me. Really? You can name, okay. Oh yeah. I. Yeah, I I would probably get nervous pretty quick, honestly. You you seem so personable and and outgoing though. I it's it is tough to picture you being like ah, like yeah. I can't even talk. Kind of <laughs> stuff, no, the problem is I would talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> it would be probably too much. Oh, I see. Oh, you'd overtalk. <laughs> yeah, talk there. Yeah, okay. there we go. Okay. There we go. <laughs> what is the single most important skill a race car driver can possess? I honestly think in the NASCAR level, people skills mean a lot. Hmm. Um, Super interesting. But that applies to all areas of life, though. If you're talking race car specifics, um, a good knowledge and understanding of vehicle dynamics doesn't hurt. Um, I would say something that would be unique to talent would be your ability to really pick apart the race car but not overcomplicate it. So Uh don't overthink things. Don't get lost in the sauce, as some people say. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Yeah, man. My biggest thing that helped me kind of get better over time was working on the skill to kind of race smarter but not harder. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that's not necessarily a skill. Maybe that's a mindset. But to me, it's something I really had to put energy into uh, because I would like to go out and just race as hard as I can all the time. And I knew how to save tires coming into the NASCAR ranks because of my time in the late model stocks. Uh, But saving tires versus knowing the proper pace is kind of different in nascar i think so yeah that's probably helped me the most is just learning how to race properly around people and really know where to invest your time and energy at on the racetrack and that's something i'm still working on like i watched this race back from last year las vegas and i was so mad at myself watching the race i saw something i was doing i was investing way too much time and energy into a battle with somebody on the track and lo and behold I lose the battle and my tires are 
not as in good of shape. I'll lose a couple of positions. It's a big drafting track. People catch up to you really quickly. I wasn't managing the pace properly and managing the uh, distance to the leader properly. And, of course, that battle can always come back to haunt you later in the season. Um, you know, people remember that. And mm. it, nobody's going to want to cut you slack, right? So uh, maybe that's a mindset, but it's something I had to work on actively. So I would maybe throw it into the skill bracket a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a fantastic answer. What life lessons from a young age stick with you and affect your daily decisions as an adult? Ooh, um, choosing the harder right than wrong. And that kind of applies to everything for me because I, I always have this little voice in my head come out and say, ah, we'll just do it later. Or, uh, you know, uh, here's a distraction or something that you want to do, but you don't want to do at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, so like whatever it would be, it could be just the chores at home. I don't know something you really don't want to do, but you really just need to just shut up and get it done. Yeah. So, and that goes with people too. Like when somebody does you wrong, uh, which we've all been done wrong at some point in our lives, just kind of choosing the harder, right. Which is, you know, turning, turning away and focusing on something that's happy. Um, my, my dad would always tell me that would be, you know, he would tell me do the right thing told me that constantly growing up and he meant that with people and he meant that with work so the right thing for me was to get up out of bed in the mornings and and work or you know the wrong thing to him would be to get up in the mornings and go play a video game or um you know not focus on making myself better so not saying i live that out every day i don't i fell on that constantly but it's always stuck with me and I can always hear him telling me that even if he's not around. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love that. It's a great answer. Um, so each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next interview. The last one was Ross Chastain. Here's his question for you. You've run one cup race. What are you willing to change about your current career and life to run one more? Hmm. I don't think I'd be willing to change a whole lot to run one more. I'm uh, pretty, content with where I'm at. Does that mean I don't have ambitions to do it? Not at all. Um, I was telling my wife the other day, so long as, you know, Thor sport would bless it. I would love to go out and run a whole bunch of Xfinity races. I would love to go run out a whole lot of, uh, cup races. I have my race car driver. I love being in the race car, whatever it is. So any opportunity I can get, I'm going to jump on just like we did with the IMSA, uh, Ford Mustang GT fours at the Rolex this year phenomenal experience i mm. had so much fun at that like so much fun it's it blew my mind how fun that side of racing is but what would i be willing to change to run just one more cup race i wouldn't say much if i could run a bunch then yeah i'd be willing to change some stuff whether that means moving to charlotte or uh you know whatever that is i'm i'm open to a lot of stuff um but just to one run one that doesn't lead to anything, does it? Yeah, no, <laughs> so, that's true. So, yeah. so I guess uh, if I could rephrase Ross's question to run a whole bunch of races, and, of course, Thor Sport being my P1 and they give me the opportunity to do it, then, yeah, I'd be willing to move or whatever we had to do to make that happen. But I want I would love to run more than just 23 races in truck series. I've told NASCAR, let's step that up a little bit. <laughs> let's get to the old school truck series where we got like 30 races on the schedule. I've, I've, I begged Seth and a few others last year. Come on now. I know you got friends in high places. Let's make <laughs> the schedule work. Let's make it work. What did you love so much about the IMSA stuff that you said was so fun? What was so fun about it? I guess, uh, the laid back atmosphere for one, um, that 
was fun. The fact that it was all new people I never raced against was really fun. The cars themselves, you just drive the ever loving, you know, out of them. It, you just you just drive as hard as you can, a lap after lap. They take it. They're very uh, competitive. The the Ford Mustangs that we drove were extremely fast, well built, put together, and you know I knew when I get to the track that I had confidence. Like we're we're here to win because in practice, and not that we don't in the truck series, right? But in practice, we had really good times. Um, and the fact that the schedule's laid back, like la- day after day, you come back and 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 you get to debrief for a little bit. You get to practice some more. You get to sleep on it, right? You you may make mistakes. You've got telemetry and data to look at, all these different channels to, to view. And day after day, you can work on yourself as a driver and get better. Hmm. It's also fun to have a teammate that you work with intimately. Like, teammates in NASCAR, you really don't work together all that much. You just try not to screw each other over on the racetrack. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. But in IMSA, you're sharing the same exact car. What they are feeling, you are feeling, and you're, corro- you know, you're corroborating that. And you're making sure that whatever you're doing, you both like it, you both enjoy it, and you know that it's a step in the right direction for both of you. And like I was working with Haley and she had certain things she wanted different in the car than me. So we knew we came up with plans on how to give her what she wanted and then take that back out for me. I don't know. It was just very fun. It was a Mm. whole different world that I'd never really experienced. Um, And I just found it very interesting. And I learned a lot too. Like there's things that I took from the braking packages and the way that we tuned on that, that I brought over here, um, that I'm hoping we can kind of implement on the NASCAR side. But we'll see. It's just things to learn. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Okay. So the next interview is going to be with John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, do you have a question that I can ask him? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess if my question for John Hunter Nemechek, oh, probably have to be about his kid. Okay. So I saw he just announced... He's having a second baby. That's big news. It is. What, what does he think that's going to change in his personal life, and how much more difficult is it going to be to balance? I asked this because I had not a clue. Like, when you're a first-time parent, you go into it like, uh, we'll just see what happens. And then you don't realize that it flips your whole world upside down. So I'm very curious to see what his expectations are, and then maybe you can come back like a year later and see what the reality is. Like, <laughs> one to two. Is it that big of a jump or is it kind of like, you know, you've got the base for you've got you've got one truck as a team, right? You've got the body shop. You've got every all the resources to make one truck. Now, if you get a two truck team, is it really pulling that many resources away or is it just kind of come naturally? Okay, (laughs) it's a good comparison. All right. Well, you know, I always enjoy doing this so much. You're fantastic at this. I wish we could talk every week and uh, thank you for your time as always yeah thanks jeff i appreciate you considering to having me on and uh i'm rambling now so we'll just cut it (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody there you have it ben rhodes on the 12 questions that was great right that was fun what a great personality and uh it'd be fun to see him um get some of those cup series races maybe at some point um just to see what he could do or xfinity or whatever still pretty young guy so um you know never know what the future holds Anyways, you heard there, John Hunter Nemechek will be the next 12 questions. So looking forward to that one as well. And appreciate your support. Appreciate you as always for listening. And I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.